How does the second installment of Ant-Man fit in with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Find out in our review of Ant-Man and the Wasp on this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. The only chance we've got is both of you. Ant-Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. Hey everyone, I'm Travis and I'm joined today by... Just John Dotson because Tim hasn't seen this movie yet. In this episode, we're talking about the latest in the MCU movie train, Ant-Man and the Wasp. But before we get into our review of it, Google's plot synopsis reads, Scott Lang is grappling with the consequences of his choices as both a superhero and a father. Approached by Hope fan Dine and Dr. Hank Pym, Lang must once again don the Ant-Man suit and fight alongside the Wasp. The urgent mission soon leads to a secret revelations from the past as the dynamic duo finds itself in an epic battle against a powerful new enemy. Hey, what'd I miss? We were just tiny! Hey everyone, this is Tim from Cheerful Ghost Radio. My co-host and I want to thank you for listening to our show. We have a lot of fun making this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it too. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon. Patreon is a site where people can fund the things they love. If you choose to support us at the membership level, you'll also get some awesome benefits on the Cheerful Ghost website. So head over to CheerfulGhost.com, click the heart icon at the top of the page, and support us on Patreon. Thanks. Ant-Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. So this movie was really fun. What do you think, John? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was fun. Um, and I, I I really enjoyed it. So I saw this a couple days ago with my wife. Um, I really wanted to go see it. And it was um, it was my birthday. And uh, it was a thing that I really wanted to go do with her. Because again, you know, as, as everyone knows, I've talked about a bunch. We've been watching all the MCU movies together. So we got to a point where we could watch this. We'd seen the original Ant-Man very recently. And so we, we, we went to the movies and we saw this and it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, when you go see an Ant-Man movie, you know, it's going to be funny. It's going to be light. It's not going to be terribly dark. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be really cool. You know, um, Paul Rudd's a great Ant-Man. Um, and the Wasp is really great as well. Evangeline Lilly. I really, really like how, um, uh, Michael Douglas is in this movie. He's Mm -hmm. really good in it. Um, It's really nice to get these really great veteran actors in this. And then uh, I don't this isn't a spoiler, but um, they get uh, Michelle Pfeiffer back. And this is like her first, I believe, superhero movie since Batman Returns. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. And she's amazing as Catwoman. And she's really good in this movie, Mm -hmm. too. She's just, you know, she's like sporting white hair and everything and she's great and i and i'm gonna say this too like in the beginning of the movie this is just right away um marvel movies do this thing where um they go back in time uh you know they like show like a, a clip of the of the past and they um use digital 
um, CG to de-age the actors. And they're getting really good at it. In fact, so good that I could not tell. Like, I, the Uncanny Valley was gone for Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, she looked that yeah. age. I could not tell it was CG at all. Like, at all. Like, even a little bit. I couldn't, it could not tell. It was so good. Michael Douglas, I could totally tell at some scenes that that was, you know, a digitally aged CG face. But for her, it was so good. They're getting really good at it. Um, and they've done it in almost so many MCU, MCU movies, like the ones that come yeah. to mind are the original Ant-Man with, again, Michael Douglas, you know, talking uh, to Tony Stark. And then they did it in Civil War with um, with uh, Tony Stark, you know, as like a high school kid. And then they did it in Guardians 2 with Kurt Russell. And th- th- it all looks good in those movies, but you can tell that it's CG. And I don't know. What did you think of that scene, it's Travis? It's gotten so much better. Like that first, uh, the first time I remember seeing it, and I might be wrong here, was um, seeing Robert Downey Jr. as a high school or college kid, and it yeah, it's great. Was really good, but you could tell it was it kind of pulls you out of the movie for a second. But I really didn't get that at all in Ant Man and the Wasp. It was so well done. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and Michael Pena's back, and uh, we 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 talked about a movie that he was in recently, mm-hmm. Extinction on Netflix. And you know, he plays totally different characters in both of those movies. Like in Extinction, he's a very serious um, person. Can't say much more; it's a spoiler. But like in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, he's funny and just really outgoing, and it just sort of shows his range. And the cast is all back for this one, so it's a lot of fun. So Ant-Man and the Wasp was was really good, I would say. Um, now, one negative to the movie, and this has nothing to do with the film itself, but the fact that I have to go to movie theater to watch these things now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So our um, so we re- we reserved um, seats at a pretty nice theater, you know, with like the seats where you can like put your legs up, you know, and like a, it's really great. You know, you just push the button and then your, you know, your recliner kind of goes back and that's really great. And they have a limited amount of seats. So we were sitting next to two people that brought in like the world's largest tub of popcorn and soda. And that's fine. I don't judge. It's fine. I like popcorn, too. I just can't eat it or I have to run a lot. <laughs> so anyways. Right. And, you know, and I worked a lot to, you know, get to where I am. So um, they and I don't really mind people chit chatting a bit through the movie as long as you kind of keep it down. I can't really understand it. They weren't really doing volume control very well. Mm. And whoever was and, and and it just pulls you out of the movie a little bit because I'm not there to hear someone's critique of the movie or not funny witticisms of the movie. I'm there to watch the movie <laughs> and have it work as magic. You know what I mean? And also the dude that she was with had the worst breath ever. So every time he would laugh. <laughs> I could smell it three seats away and it was the worst. And I felt so bad for my wife. And after the movie, I'm like, I'm really, did you smell his breath? It was terrible. She's like, oh gosh, I thought that was me. I had no idea what that was. I'm like, (laughs) every time he would laugh or talk, it just got stank. It was terrible. So here's some bit of fun movie tip here next time brush your teeth before you go to the movies i didn't think that would be a thing i didn't think that would be a thing i don't even want to be too critical of people because i don't i don't like operating in that zone but it kind of pulled me out of the movie more than once um anyways but that was my i think that was the most negative stuff i had from the movie although we're going to talk a little bit about it in the next section about sort of you know edgar wright and him originally being the director and kind of the tone of the movie but yeah i i I really liked it a lot there was a lot to like there uh, it's a fun MCU movie. I, although I would say, though, compared to the other MCU movies, I might not 
want to rewatch this one. Um, it's a good movie, but I don't know if there's something there to come back to next time. But I don't know. What do you think of the movie, Travis? Uh, well, a brief like aside, since we're talking about movie going experiences in general. Yeah. So this yeah. is this is off topic, but I've got to point this out. Have you no, seen it's totally on topic? We're totally in movie theater zone. Go <laughs> okay, ahead, man. What's sure. up? Uh, have you seen A Quiet Place? I have not seen okay. A Quiet Place. It's a as the name would imply, the sound plays a big role. Like the whole thing is these monsters totally. can hear you and they can come from miles away to catch you if you make any noise. So most of the movie is entirely silent with the oh, exception cool. of like little ambient noises, like water and stuff like that. So we're in the theater and these people come and sit down right in front of us. And like through the entire first half are rustling through plastic for their candy and shit like that. And like, I was like, okay, it's movie. It's a movie theater. It's candy. I get it. But pour it in a box or something. Oh my God. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Right. It reminds me of, this wasn't as bad, but the worst movie theater experiences, I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast was when I was watching district nine, right. And mm. district nine's amazing. And it was an it amazing is. movie. And I was so into it. I don't remember seeing, we were so engrossed and I was so into it. And I was so into it. And the guy and his wife that were to the right of us. And there was a very, very small theater. Uh, and just, I'm sorry, there were not many people there. It was just us and them, I think. And they were just talking. I think the movie just didn't work for him and he was bored. So he's just chatting with his with his wife. <sighs> and it pulls me out because like it was at the end scene, you know, where they're like going in to try to, you know, uh, I think it's him and uh, Christopher Johnson is the name of the alien. I think they're going in to get some something I forget from the the like um the the place where they were trying to find them anyways they're trying to go find something for the ship i can't i can't remember what uh oh oh the um the spray or something like that the the um not the spray the the jet fuel or whatever right and so they're trying to go in there and it's a really high powered scene and they just starts a discussion straight there and it just pulls me right out of the movie and <sighs> i turned to him i don't usually do this and i said are you guys going to talk the whole time cuz they were talking for like maybe 5 minutes and he's like yes God. And I was like, oh, and I just I didn't say anything. I just looked away and I'm like watching the movie. And he was like really pissed that I said that. And I don't usually say that to him. He stopped talking, which was really good. But I don't know, man, like just don't talk. <laughs> just don't do it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm just triggered thinking about it. <laughs> so more to the point about Ant-Man and the Wasp. I was really pretty impressed the whole way through. Um, I kind of, I don't know, like trying to compare it to the first Ant-Man. It's, it's hard to do. One's an origin story. The other one isn't, but I love movies where the villain has a clear motive. And we've talked about that on the past with some of our other reviews and yep. Ghost has a motive in this. Yeah. One for sure. Very clear motive. She's trying to stay alive. And, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is, kind of a sub villain i guess but he's trying to keep her alive i'm not really sure i'd call them villains i would say they're antagonists probably but it kind of goes back to the ambiguity of shield because you know the stuff that shield did to her is what caused this or like they were kind of using her as a soldier for so many years promising her that they would fix her and you know that whole 
ambiguity of shield being good or bad has been played a lot, but it works really well every time they've used it. Uh, the series Agents of Shield covers that a lot too. There are kind of even factions of Shield doing different things in a couple of places. So I really like anything that ties back into that universe, and I felt like it kind of ignored Shield less than the other movies recently have been. Um, but yeah, Paul Rudd was great as always. I, I think my favorite parts of the movies were, movie was uh, were his interactions with his daughter, who is going like. Assuming they make an Ant-Man 3. Well, okay, I know they're making an Ant-Man 3. Um, I can't wait to see what his daughter does. Like, I, I think that her character development is going to keep getting... Like, she's going to keep getting more important as a character. Um, she's kind of doing some badass stuff. And I hope she gets more of that. Um, you mentioned Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, totally agree. She was amazing. I uh, had her written down with exclamation points on my notes here. Very, very good performance. I hadn't really seen her in much at all lately, and I was just glad to see her at all. And she she nailed it. I do kind of wonder where their technology is going to go with, you know, they keep building up what they can do with their shrinking and growing technology. Like, how much further can we go? And what? how deep does the the microscopic universe, like, I can't remember what they call it when they get so small, like the quantum realm, I can't wait to see how, like, what more they can do in that world. There's just a lot of interesting stuff that could be going on in there. That's that's awesome. But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The only chance we've got. So Edgar Wright was the original director of Ant-Man, but that didn't exactly work out. And they brought in Peyton Reed to direct the first Ant-Man. But you could still feel Edgar Wright's presence because he wrote the script. Um, so how do you think Ant-Man and the Wasp held up to the feel of the original Ant-Man? Did it feel like more like could you feel Edgar Wright's presence in that? Yes, but I have notes. OK, okay. so. I, I think that it does feel like an Ant-Man movie, but and, and my biggest fear was that it's it's not going to feel like the same movie without Edward right in it, you know, and without him writing it and setting up the scenes. And I think largely it wasn't a better movie than the first one. And the reason why I think is because Edward Ed, in the original Ant-Man, you had some really crazy, fun very very ingenious scenes right you had the you had them fighting on a kid's thomas the tank engine train set you know what i mean you had i love that scene that was you had the shower scene you know when he starts the movie was paced it was funny it was unique the cuts were really unique i mean it seemed like edgar right probably when he left the movie had the entire thing like storyboard and stuff so peyton came in and did a really great job but i think the movie ant-man and the wasp just wasn't paced as well and in in a world where we'll talk about that one later but i just think that it was very similar to it but it just it didn't seem like it was maybe on the same level and i think that um it's a really hard ant-man and the wasp is following infinity war and that's a really hard movie to follow especially for a movie that de-escalates the stakes so much right the stakes in this movie are 
uh, and I'm kind of mixing things a little bit up, right, between, you know, the style of the movie versus the stakes. But I think the stakes of this movie are save Evangeline Lilly's mom and Michael Douglas's wife, right? That's mm-hmm. the stakes of this movie. Like, are you going to be able to save her? It comes from Infinity War, which the stakes are way higher than that. Any other Marvel movie is way higher than that. I think it's good in that small context. Mm-hmm. Um you know what I mean? But it needs to be a really amazing character piece. And I think it was good, but I think some of the scenes just felt a little flat to me. One scene comes to mind, which I don't think Edgar Wright would have done it this way or written it this way, but where they're just like, she's interrogating them and they're talking and they're just sitting in chairs. It, it just seems so flat to me, that scene. I just like, there's a, I don't know. I think there's a better way you could have done that. Um, there's a lot of scenes like that where they're just talking and it's just, it just feels flat Um, Whereas the original Ant-Man didn't have that kind of stuff happening. It was all very fluid and a lot more um, creative, I thought. But again, I I don't think Ant-Man and the Wasp is a bad movie. I just don't think it's as better better than the original. Yeah, I can can agree with that, I think. I mean, Edgar Wright... (sighs) I really want to see what Edgar Wright would have done had he been the director of the first Ant-Man, because... I've never seen anything bad from him and I want him to make 50,000 more movies and I want to watch all of them. He's just, he's amazing. But yeah, Peyton Reed did a great job. And like you said, I, I do like the, the kind of scaled back scale of things because we see like the world or the universe or existence in its entirety is in trouble and you guys have to go save it. It's really cool to see just kind of a small scale save a couple people story. And I did see a lot of, okay. There are things in Ant-Man and the Wasp that I really liked, but at the same time, they kind of felt like almost an impression of stuff that was in Ant-Man one. Like the scene. You're absolutely right. I I know what you're going to say. And you're right. It was a bad (laughs) copy of that. Well, what I was going to say was like the, the truck, like when he's a giant and he's kind of riding the truck, uh, not right when he's riding the truck, when he's trying to stop the truck um, and you see the inside of a coffee shop or whatever, and nobody seems to really notice him. That kind of kind of a visual joke seemed like, all right, let's just do more of what we did in the first one. I thought you were going to say the scene where he was like truth serum and then he just starts talking and then it's like that you know, oh, the two yeah, scenes yeah, they yeah. did from the original movie. Yeah. Like it was good and they did that in the first movie, but it didn't seem like it was better than the first movie. It just seemed like they were doing it because that's what they did in the first movie, I guess. Well, and that's kind I of, was really hoping for at least one of those scenes in the Man of the Wasp. Because, you got it. Because it's Michael Pena it. just being hilarious. Oh, so great. And oh, yeah, man, I love fun. him. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good scene. I just don't think it was better or different in that way. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that's my biggest critique of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, besides... I mean, I think that the, the really cool stuff they do that's new is the um, is all the stuff they do with the quantum realm. Like I've no like I agree with you. I have no idea what they're going to do with that. I think I think and we're going to talk about Infinity War. I think that something they're going to do with there with Infinity War. But like um, and they spent a lot of time talking about the quantum realm. I think that's going to matter a lot in something. <laughs> I just don't know what. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. It's cool. And the and the bad guy, of the movie, not the antagonist It's not. She's not a villain ghost. Almost kind of seems like a non bad guy antagonist in a way like she's not she's not even a guy it's totally it's a woman but like once you understand what it is that they're doing uh it doesn't even seem like what they're doing is bad 
You know what I mean? They're just right. fighting wills, I guess. And and I don't and and in Black Panther, we talked about how we liked um, Killmonger as uh, as a, as a villain so much because you know he was such a great actor, and then the the, the character was so nuanced and stuff. But he still felt like a opposing force, and the antagonist in this movie just sort of didn't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it like it was a really cool idea because they're really well matched. Like I think it was a very clever idea for Ant Man. I just don't know if it was a great execution of that as an antagonist. I suppose. Yeah, and I can agree with that. I mean, I, I kind of felt like the um, kind of going back to the humor a little bit. It was. It may have been a funnier movie than the first Ant-Man, but the humor wasn't as smart, I guess. Like, the jokes were a little cheaper overall. I think there were more jokes, just they weren't as good, maybe. But, you know, it, it was paced like a comedy instead of an action movie, which I thought was, it worked really well for it. But, um, yeah, like earlier on in the episode, I wasn't sure which of the two I liked more, but thinking back on it more, that kind of around that thinking about it that way i'm more leaning toward your stance on it not being as good as the first one right yep um so i wanted to talk about how it relates to infinity war um because it i think the quantum realm might factor into infinity war part two that's just a guess right um, just the way they spent so much time in this movie on it, it seemed like it was a setup. I don't know anything about Infinity War Part Two. It just seemed like a setup. What do you think? So, do you want to do you want to talk about that mid credit scene then? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, anybody listening to this, um, we've kind of peppered in some spoilers for the movie, but if you haven't seen it, this is kind of a big one. Maybe you want to cut the episode off and wait until you've seen it. Uh, spoilers for Infinity War as well. So, yes, yes. So, yeah, in that mid credit scene, you see them testing more in the quantum realm, and then he's kind of down there doing something and waiting to get called back or pulled back out, and everybody he's left in the real world or in the normal-sized world has disappeared and turned to dust because of what Thanos did. So, all right, it's Michael Douglas, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Evangeline Lilly, the right. Wasp, are all there supporting him, and they go up and they're... Um, Ultra, not Ultron, Thanos <laughs> dust. And he's in the quantum realm. He's like, yep. guys, guys, don't screw with me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, damn, man, you screwed. Very much so. He, I'm kind of wondering how he's going to get out of that because they've kind of established that if you stay there too long, you kind of get like smaller and smaller and lost. But I mean, they've also established that you can save people from that too. So. But I am kind of wondering, like you said, if that's going to that quantum realm is going to tie into Infinity War Part two as some part of the resolution in a way. I mean, Ant-Man wasn't in the first Infinity War at all. And this movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, does not even reference Infinity War until that point. So I think he will be in Infinity War Part yeah. two. This is how I think it's going to happen. Ant-Man's the only one who's ever come out of the quantum realm on his own. What I think is going to happen is they set up in Ant-Man and the Wasp that if you're in the in the quantum realm for an amount of time, you get quantum realm powers. And the only thing we knew of that from Ant-Man and the Wasp is um, the original Wasp, um, Catwoman slash Michelle Pfeiffer, heals Ghost. 
uh, by making it so she doesn't like phase in and out anymore. Mm. So she's got some healing powers and some other powers. It, according to Michelle Pfeiffer, it changed her. And of course, in the typical, really open ended way. Right. So my guess is that Ant-Man is going to be in the infinity, uh, be in the quantum realm until he gets enough powers to come out of it on his own because <laughs> no one's there to pull him out of it. And he'll be in Infinity War Part 2 with some actual powers this time. Well, infuse in or something like that. That's just a guess because we need more in- Avengers. Right. Pretty much half of them are dead. Yeah. So. Well, you know, most of them are coming back. <laughs> Well, yeah, but they need they need oh, the alive ones in part two for the fight. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you see her, him, um, or you see Michelle Pfeiffer's character healing Ghost. What kind of effect could she have, or could those powers have on people who have been turned to dust? How far into the quantum realm does Thanos's Infinity Gauntlet go? Could somehow accessing that quantum realm, bring people back. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that, but when you mentioned what you just did, it got me thinking maybe Scott Lang wasn't turned into Thanos dust because he was in the quantum realm. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's possible that Thanos has no power in the quantum realm, or maybe the infinity stones don't work there. Yeah. Right. That might factor into it in some way. Right. You either shrink him down, get him in the quantum realm and kick his ass or you go into the quantum realm really fast so he can't mess with you and then you come out of it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, uh, Thanos is going to be really hard to kill either way because he could just dust you. So I don't even know how they're going to get around that. How do you get around a guy that can just think about you going away and you do it? Like, how do you even do that? So I don't even know. I mean, sure, if I read all the comic books, I'd know, but I don't know. Well, the way they do things in the movies is frequently so different than how it went down in the comics. It's kind of hard to tell if they would even do the same, use the same methods. Right, right. But maybe like everyone has to spend time in the quantum realm because they get quantum juice and then Thanos can't mess with you if you have (laughs) quantum juice. I don't know. I'm just trying. I'm just riffing. I have no clue. I have no clue. So where do you think this, uh, this film stands up to the rest of the MCU? I don't think it... I, I mean, I would say that it's a good movie, but I don't think it's as I don't I don't I don't I would put it on the lower end of the Marvel movies only because. Yeah, I again, it's not bad, but there's just so many good ones, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's that the Incredible Hulk is worse than this, but I definitely wouldn't put rank it terribly high you know it was a really good movie um i think though that if this movie if what the movie sets up goes on to be really really cool i think it bumps it higher in my list but just in in watching it i thought it was a really fun movie to see on my birthday but i wouldn't rank it much you know over i mean there are are a lot of other marvel movies i like more what about you travis yeah the the thing about this and the first ant-man i think that they kind of fill Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 kind of edge toward this, but Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ant-Man more so are like the comedy arm of the MCU. I have a hard time trying to rank this against Winter Soldier, for instance, because one is they're very clearly different tones. I think if I'm in the mood for a superhero movie and I want to laugh a lot, I'll watch this one over, you know, Doctor Strange. But I wouldn't say that it's better 
it's it's kind of hard to compare it to the other ones but i generally overall i think it's kind of just a middle of the road marvel movie it it was good but marvel's got this amazing formula and they're breaking out of that formula more recently but they have just like they've tapped into some mystical force of making these really amazing superhero movies and it's kind of hard to for something like ant-man and the wasp to rank up against some of the the big heavy hitters yeah and i think that there's plenty of room to release a marvel movie that's not like to the you know like you know it turned to 11 and but this but you you're you're totally right i mean this is a really fun movie to watch and it's very light and um after infinity war i think that's probably okay you know yeah i think we needed something a little lighter after infinity war so do you want an ant-man 3 after ant-man and the wasp i'm gonna have you answer that one first travis okay do you want Ant-Man 3? <laughs> um yeah yeah i I think there's a lot more they can do with this. And I, we've already heard some casting news about the Ant-Man three. So we know it's coming. So it's just a matter of whether we're looking forward to seeing it when it comes out. And I am, I'll, I'll definitely go see it. Um, and probably laugh my ass off at it, especially if Michael Pena tells another one of his stories. (laughs) I imagine he will. Absolutely. So I think because this is a part of a larger whole Marvel cinematic universe, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp isn't really a movie like it maybe should be, I think, in a way. Because if you think about a three, like a a trilogy, a typical trilogy, right? Um, You've got the initial origin story, you know, setting up the characters, doing something really cool. And then you've got the second movie where you basically throw rocks at people and you give them in a really tough situation. And you just be like, how are they going to get out of this one? Oh, no. And then in the third one, you're like, you resolve it, right? You have them overcome the challenge. And that's not what you got in Ant-Man and the Wasp, actually. You only got like, how are they going to get out of this one um, in the mid credit scene? It wasn't in the movie, actually. Uh, I mean, it was in the movie, but it really wasn't. It was just kind of like, a, let's tie this into um, Infinity War Part 2. So I think that, yeah, I want Ant-Man 3, but I think I would have set it up differently ant-man and the wasp but if you did that it wouldn't have made sense Mm -hmm. with infinity war right probably wouldn't have made sense in a larger mcu context right so marvel's like taking these like they're making trilogies and they're not structuring them like you probably should if you wanted the trilogy to be solid but they're setting them up to how it would be solid if you had this long-lived movie franchise so i would say like ant-man and the wasp like doesn't really like make me excited for an Ant-Man 3, but the but I'm really excited for MCU movies to continue on in the shared thread. Does that make sense, I guess? It does, and I think that it's yeah, there are three movies, like there are three Ant-Man movies, but they're not necessarily a trilogy in that sense because they all come back to like uh Michael Peña and his whole crew, for instance, in Ant- the Ant-Man movies and Scott's home life and all that. But since there are so many other movies from all the other franchises tying back into it, it's, it can't really just be a, a bookend trilogy, like the original star Wars trilogy or the prequel trilogy or whatever, you know, it, it's, there's so many, many other threads coming into it that I think it would be nigh impossible to do that and do it well. Yeah. And that's why I don't think they could. Right. Cause this yeah. movie's supposed to be a lot darker. They're supposed to be down on their luck more 
and they're not really. In right. fact, it ends really, really well, except for the post you know, like mid credit scene or whatever. And I agree with you, Travis. I just think that um, so far, it seems that um, Marvel has considered all of its movies a trilogy. You've got the original Iron Man. They didn't go beyond three. You've got Captain America. It stopped. Well, they have no plans for Captain America after that. Um um, there's no plans for a Thor four. Um, the only movies that went beyond a trilogy so far are the uh, Avengers movies. So I'm just wondering, like, and I don't know if they're going to do an Avengers movie after Infinity War Part two. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But it seems like they've capped off um, the character movies after three. Mm-hmm. So I, and I don't have a problem with them doing more. It just seems like they haven't. So I don't know. I don't know. I. And, and, and if you wanted to, I don't know, but yeah, if you're a really big Ant-Man fan and wanted to watch all of the three movies, I don't know how that would go. I don't know how they'd flow, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I tried watching, I guess it was when I, the last time I watched Thor two, it was coming right after Thor one and it just kind of, well, I think we stopped it like a half an hour in and said, all right, let's just go back and rewatch all the movies between these before we try to watch this one because there are so many threads that are just left kind of out in the ether. If you don't have all that history, it, you need to watch civil war. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah, it's Ant-Man civil war, Ant-Man two. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, and you, you, know, you need to watch civil war and infinity war to get the, to, to get the mid credits, mm-hmm. obviously. So yeah, it's, it's not a traditional trilogy in that way. You go low. I'll go high. I have wings. Why would I go low? All right, John, how would you rate Ant-Man and the Wasp on the Cheerful Ghost Ghost Scale? Yeah, I'm going to give it a rad. It's a fun movie. Uh, If you liked Ant-Man, you're going to like it. It's must watch if you're a Marvel super fan, if you want to catch what's going on. Um, There's only one sort of minor tie in. Um, And honestly, I kind of think that's to the movie's detriment because all these movies, these Marvel movies are tied together. Shockingly enough, I think I wanted more tie in, honestly, like I wanted to know, like, like it would have been cool if there was a TV in the background with like that said, like, oh, my gosh, look at this fighting happening in New York between Iron Man and blah, blah, blah. But then again, if that would have happened, I'm pretty sure Scott would have gone there to join them. You know what I mean? And he couldn't have. Right. So maybe that makes sense. Right. So they didn't have to be like, why can't you go there? I want to go help my friends, but you can't. So again, uh, but no, I liked it. And it's a rad. It's a uh, it's a good movie. Um, Ant-Man's back. And it's a nice like I said, it's it's kind of nice to have a, a a rest before the next one. I imagine um, the next movie up in Marvel's slate is going to be Captain Marvel. And I imagine that's going to be um, the stakes are all going to be to 11. It's going to be, you know, much higher. So, yeah, I can't look. For, I can't wait for that. It's going to be next year. But yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Rad. Yeah, I agree. I give it a solid, very solid rad. Um, it, it's not like, you know, it, it's a comedy. It's a comedy more than it is a superhero movie. So it, it's not like uh, an amazing film like Black Panther or Thor Ragnarok, even though Thor Ragnarok was very funny um, or Infinity War. Those are, I think, like very much must watch movies. But this one, very fun, very much worth your money. Um Definitely see it on the biggest screen you can because there's some great visuals, but it is not your typical action superhero movie. And um, we mentioned Captain Marvel coming out soon, and 
kind of we're kind of going away from the ghost scale rating here a bit but yeah kind of going back to our how things tie into infinity war i think that one's going to be huge um trying we find out at the end of the first uh infinity war nick fury is trying to contact her right when he gets dusted so what does she know how to do that is going to be super helpful in infinity war part two i can't wait to see that so what I know from nerds is that Captain Marvel is an super ultra powerful superhero. Like at the you know at the end of Infinity War, um, Thor is OP as hell with his new hammer, and he's just lightning bolts everywhere, and he's probably the most powerful Avenger at that point, right? So um, I believe Captain Marvel is just as powerful, or more so, maybe. Um, but I'll, the only the other thing I know, that's just what I heard nerds say that read the comic books. I don't know what they're going to do with her character. But what I've also heard is that Captain Marvel takes place in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. They're going to she's going to get iced in some way and wake up. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to get iced. It's, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to happen. Or, or she just doesn't age. Maybe she ends up in the quantum realm. Oh, Ooh. yeah. She lets <laughs> Ant-Man out. <Yeah. laughs> the quantum realm at the end. She's like, yeah, you know, again. Maybe the quantum realm is a huge setup for Captain Marvel. Uh, that could be. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, that would be really interesting. She just gets quantum. You know what I mean? At the end of that movie. Yeah. One of the things I think is really kind of interesting about the 90s I was thinking about is I was wondering if they're going to bring the Winter Soldier in as a bad guy. Right. Because he would have been Winter Soldiering mm. throughout the 90s. Uh, and I was also wondering if they were going to bring back... Um, a couple other characters they killed off, like um, who's the guy that was in Black Panther? That was the bad guy. Andy Serkis, him, you know, just other guys that have been killed. You know what I mean? Um, earlier on. So that would be kind of interesting to do that. So, well, we know that yeah. uh, Phil Coulson is coming back as a de-aged right. version of himself. And right. That should right. be interesting seeing his yeah. early years as an agent before he takes over S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Right, and didn't they mention that they were going to bring back? Uh, I think they had mentioned they're going to bring back Ronan. I think as well, maybe from Mar- Captain Marvel. I can't remember something like that. I don't know. Yeah, so Ant Man and the Wasp, rad. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. <laughs>